For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Alex Gilstrap and Ryan Roberts. Today's episode, we are diving into the safety class this week discussing all the names that you need to know, some of the sleepers, some of the overhyped players, all of the various tidbits on this class we are filling you in on. Before we get into that, folks, let's talk about Bet Online. The Super Bowl is right around the corner, and if you are looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So guys, we're moving on to a new class today. We did the interior defensive line. If you happen to have missed that show, go back and listen to it. Today we're talking safeties, and this is another interesting group, and you could probably already have a sense of how we're going about this just based on these first two shows. We went with a group that didn't really have an elite name at the top, had a really good player at the top, but was a little bit stronger towards the middle, but wasn't the best class in, in in this 2021 group. The safeties are very similar. We don't really have a clear cut first round guy, but there's a lot of really interesting, fun depth, I would argue, in day two and early in day three. A lot of shifting going around that these guys could end up in various spots. So to to start off our discussion today, Ryan, if you could describe this class and provide an overview, how would you describe how this this safety group is shaped out and how it's going to be looking uh, come draft time. I really liked the I really liked the depth and the potential of this group in the summer. It had me really excited, and we're going to talk about a, f- a few of the guys that got me excited specifically. You know, in, in, during this show, but I don't think that the group as a whole took that next step that I really wanted it to, to have maybe a couple guys that could be firmly in that first round conversation. I do think there's going to be one to two guys that will end up crashing the first round party. Cause I do think it's still a good class. I'm a fan of it. I think it's more deep and more really that it's really, it's more, it's more attractive based upon that. Hey, you could get a good player anywhere, probably from 
one to seven. You can get a guy that in some capacity, in some role, can help your football team. But I don't think that there is anybody in this class that's going to be a Kyle Hamilton, right? Like, already thinking about 2022, like, Kyle Hamilton is going to be a guy that we're talking about potentially being a top 10 to 15 pick, despite the fact that safeties don't usually go that high. There's nobody that's in that realm for me. There's a few guys that I really like. But I think that it's a very solid group. I think there's a lot of depth to like, but I don't think that it's a very top-heavy class at all. Yeah, for me, I have a lot of the same thoughts now, uh, now that the 2020 season has come to a conclusion that I did over the summer, and that's there's not that number one guy, as Joe talked about. There's not that Grant Delpit going into going into last season. Uh, and there wasn't those smaller school guys. There wasn't those Jeremy Chins or those Kyle Duggars that were able to ascend uh, because of the way this season was impacted, I see this group as a very middling group. There's some guys, like Ryan said, in each round that I think will give you some production to some capacity, whether that's just a special teams guy later. But and there's some guys I like, you know, throughout the throughout draft boards, throughout positional rankings. You know, I can pick out names that I like, but there's no one I'm really banging the table for this year. Last year, my guy was Jeremy Chin that I was banging the table for as a first round prospect. And I just don't have that guy that I can really like get behind and pound the table for. I, and I think that's just throughout the class. There's 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 flaws in everyone's game. I mean, we're going to talk about our number one guys, and there's there's flaws in both of their games. There's there's things that make you hesitate, and that's why we don't have that bona fide first round prospect in this class that uh, you know that everyone agrees is this first round guy. So this class is very middling for me. <clears throat> I think you're going to see some producers. I just don't think we have any superstars in this group, if I'm being honest with you. And I think one thing that stands out for me from this group, and I haven't done the the film analysis that you guys have done in the, in the reports, but just kind of from a, a less analytical viewpoint from my perspective, I feel like this is a really diverse group, especially for those top guys. There's a lot of different skill sets, a lot of different body types. Like you have a guy like Hamza Nasir Dean who's six foot four, uh, and then you have guys that are you know close to five foot eight that do very different things. So this group overall is going to be interesting because when you come to that day two spot where most of these guys are going to end up getting taken, it's all going to be about who's picking, who values what, and who wants what on their team uh, is ultimately going to be the impact of who ends up getting drafted first or drafted where and, and is in, ends up in the, the best possible situations. So talking about our guys, guys that you are and you mentioned, Alex, there's nobody really you're banging the table for, but anybody that you're just a really big fan of that you think is super talented, that is your favorite just out of the group, not particularly your highest graded prospect, but who do you have as your favorite guy in the safety class? Ryan, who you got? Uh, I have Andre Sisco. It's, it's pretty much been coast to coast for me. He's a guy that unfortunately did not have a full season. He's coming off an injury, so I don't think that he is going to go as high as maybe he should as a football player. And I am completely upfront that I know that I'm a bigger fan of Andre Sisco than most people are because I value what he does at a very high level. And there are some inconsistencies, like Alex said. He is not the most consistent run support player. It's not because he lacks in physicality. He has moments where he shows extreme physicality. For whatever reason, he just doesn't have that motor all the time where he is going you know, 100 miles an hour, coming downhill with bad intent, just seems like he's a little passive as a run defender. But what he can do, for either from a robber position where he is robbing underneath zones, playing single high, playing too high, showing range on the back end, 
this kid has coverage versatility, and he has that range that makes him a potentially rare cover man at the next level. 13 interceptions in 24 games. The production speaks for itself. The impact that he has allows you to be more versatile underneath. It allows you to play a lot more man coverage underneath because he can make up for some people's mistakes. And I know that people are going to knock him for the run support, and I totally get it. But at the end of the day, this guy is playing deep zone, and he is a guy that I think impacts the game so much. He's almost in the in the realm of a Kevin Bayard and an Eddie Jackson where they are very dynamic deep zone d- defenders, and they can do some stuff coming down and robbing short zones, but they're never going to be the most dynamic run support players. Jesse Bates is another guy. Like they're uh, not. That's who I was going to say. Right. They're not huge tacklers, but who cares? <laughs> Who honestly cares? They're forcing turnovers. They're they're causing a lot of issues for, for quarterbacks going through reads because of the versatility that they give to you. I think Andre Cisco is – I still believe this. If The the injury is going to be one thing that's going to bump him down a little bit. I still think he's a potential top 25 player in this class. I think that he's that good. I think that he has special traits. And I think that in the right situation, with the right coaching staff, with the team that asks him to do what he does well – he is a Pro Bowl potential caliber safety because he's going to force a ton of turnovers. So just to get the, the details and the context on this, do you know what his injury is specifically, just so our listeners know? Wasn't it something I, knee-related? I think it was a torn ACL. That's what I thought it was. 100%, but I, I definitely think it's some some ligament in the knee. I don't, have the, I don't have it in front of me, but I do know that it was a lower body injury. Absolutely. Okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I have no – I have – no thoughts, you know, neg- no negative thoughts about Andre Cisco being number one for you because he has the high ceiling. There's no doubt in the my mind that he has the highest ceiling. Like you said, Jesse Bates, that was the name that came to mind uh, as I was watching him. Just this guy, he can cover some ground. He can turn the ball over. And then every once in a while, you'll see a glimpse of him lowering that shoulder and and making an impact play in the in run support. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Andre Cisco, and that's your number one guy. That's my number two guy. Uh, number one for me, though, is TCU's Trayvon Merrick. I just think this guy is going to walk into the NFL and he's going to be a starter. Uh, wh- you know, you get those mistakes with Andre Sisco. You're going to get those big plays that he allows sometimes because of his instincts proving to be wrong at times. Uh, Trayvon Merrick, on the other hand, is just so well-rounded, whether it's in-run support, whether it's diagnosing uh, swing routes or, or screens. This man comes downhill and hits with authority. I like his coverage skills, whether it's in man or in shallow zones. Not as good of a deep zone player as Andre Sisco, but I think this guy does everything else so well. He got, has good ball skills, fluid mover. I, like, I think he has loose hips. I think Trayvon Merrick is a solid football player. I, he doesn't have the ceiling Andre Sisco has, like I said before. But I think this guy's going to walk in year one and be probably one of the better defensive backs uh, coming out of this rookie class. And I, I did just look it up. It is a ACL yeah. injury that he did have surgery confirmed. And that was a while ago. So by the time that he – that was October. So by the time – there's no combine. But once – minicamp and all that stuff starts up, he'll probably be healed by then, if not just barely getting done. Yeah, yeah, well, that that's going to be the question of the impact. And I didn't mean to skip over Trevon Merrick because he's a very good football player. Just kind of popped up here uh, just to confirm that injury. I will say Merrick real quick before we move on. I like a, t- I like a bunch. He was my safety three in, in the summer. I, I would probably have him up to safety two. That is not completely confirmed yet because there's still a couple safeties I need to – to get through for their final evals. But I, I like a bunch of what Merrick does because I think that he's a versatile player that I think can play yeah. too high split zone. I think he can come down in the box. He could play that curl to flat. Like he has a lot of, 
a lot of traits. I think he's pretty solid in man coverage too. So he brings yeah. some versatility. I don't think that the ceiling is that high. I think that the floor is pretty substantial. I think that he's going to be a very good, solid safety in the NFL. I don't know if he has the ball skills or range that is going to force a ton of turnovers. I think that he's just going to be a very solid player. He reminds me a little bit to a lesser degree of a Devin McCourty that's been a very good player with New England for a long time. Hasn't always forced a ton of turnovers, but as that split field safety, he's just always in the right spot and you just never seems to be out of position. Yeah, I think you I think you encapsulated that perfect. So those were your number one guys, guys that you have at the top of your boards. We're going to discuss players that you have higher than most, players that you think need to be talked about. Before we do, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Guys, now I want to hear about players that you're high on, that people are not talking about enough, that you want to discuss. And for the whole course leading up to this, and when this guy got an invite to the Senior Bowl, I probably could have guessed who Ryan's guy was. Alex ended up guessing who it was before he even put his name into the document. Ryan, why are you high on uh, Tyree Gillespie, uh, and why do you think people should be talking about him more? I think that his, his film is still, you know, several weeks ago now that I watched this guy, you know, in depth, the Alabama game specifically was one that really popped off for me. And I'm still here sitting and just saying, I don't understand why people aren't talking about him more. Because I think in the top of the safety class for the seniors, Hampson Dean's talked about a little bit, obviously, for the size profile he has. Richard LeCount has talked about a bunch. And Richard LeCount is a very solid football player. But I'm not sure that Tyree Gillespie is not the best senior safety in this class. I think that if you're talking about just having that Alley filler coming up with bad intentions. The dude works inside out better than anyone in the class, in my opinion. And then I think he's got better range than you might think that he has. Um, I mean, that Alabama game specifically playing playing single high, he came down and he he was playing a little bit of a robber type of coverage in in um, in, in a cover. It was like a one zero type of combination coverage. He comes down, he breaks down a, a slant, uh, breaks up a slant against Devonta Smith, where you're like, okay, so he can just do stuff in short zone. He can come down in the box, he can run the alley, and then he's the most talented player on the back end for Missouri. So they're even playing him single high a bunch, and I, I think that's never going to be his bread and butter. I think that he is a very good player. I think that he could play, you know, half field. I think that he has enough range in that aspect. And I think that he can do stuff in short zones. And I think that he is going to be a menace in the run game that has bad intentions and plays outstanding near the line of scrimmage and doesn't miss many tackles. So for me, I'm just looking at Gillespie and I'm like, he checks a lot of the boxes. I don't think that he's the flashiest player in the world, but I think that he is he could potentially be a day one starter at safety in the next level as a strong safety playing in that short zone area. And I think that he has a lot of potential to be very, be a very good pro for a long time. Yeah. I think landing spot, like every prospect is going to be important for Gillespie and how they, and how they put him out there. But you could see, this is probably a day three prospect, someone that's going to be, see his name called on day three of the draft, but Jordan Fuller, you know, for the Rams was a day three pick and put in the right situation. I'm not saying they're the same player, but I'm saying put in the right situation and he thrived. He had a, he's had a great season. Uh, so I think Tyree Gillespie is a, is, is very similar. I think he's one of those players that if thrown out in the right situation, uh, and playing in the, the right role, I think this guy could be an impact player year one, like you said, uh, despite being a day three pick. And for me, it's going to be Cincinnati's James Wiggins. 
Um, kind of got a slow start to his collegiate career. Torn ACL in 2018, missed all of his uh, sophomore season. But these last two years, he's put up some pretty solid tape. Uh, I don't think he's much of that free roam, over-the-top guy. I think he's more in the box, uh, manning up on the slot a little bit more uh, than, than Gillespie can do. But James Wiggins, man, I think he's a smooth, smart coverage defender. He understands leverages in the pass game, uh, putting himself in between where the ball has to go and where where the receiver is uh, at his hip. I think James Wiggins just really smart in both man and zone coverage. Uh, I love his transitions, his ability to change directions, and his and his ability to diagnose uh, route concepts in front of him to in zone coverage to let guys go and pick up. Uh, receivers coming across his zone. I just think he's really, really smart, and at the safety position, that's that's a really, really good big piece of that uh, the position overall. I think I think you just have to be smart and diagnose. You're that last line of defense a lot of times, and I think James Wiggins is someone that I feel comfortable uh, playing in that position year one. Like you said with Tyree Gillespie, I think James Wiggins, how smart he is, put him in the right situation with the right guys around him, and. You have a good football player. And I think you talk about intelligence and you talk about instincts, but also James Wiggins is a three-time member of the Feldman's Freak List, so he is not lacking in traits. He's a super explosive player, so definitely some traits to, to um, look for with him. The whole question of him is going to be durability and how his medicals check out long-term because the, the guy, he, I mean, it's not hard to see that he is an explosive athlete in short spaces. Yeah, because he didn't. He had an arm injury or something this year, if memory serves. Arm, arm injury this year, and then 2019. It was actually 2019. He had the ACL and missed all of the. Year. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. And hopefully, he's fully healthy going forward. Because again, very interesting prospect, and one coming from a a fantastic defense over the past couple of years uh, under Marcus Freeman. We're going to talk about sleepers and then some overhyped names, some guys that are being talked way too highly right now. Before we get to that, though, folks, let's talk about Kansas City Stakes with a new year come. Tons of new big games in sports with big games you need. Big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for your game day. Plus, get free shipping with code believe b-l-e-a-v at checkout try out the new snack pack combo featuring small plates with huge flavor mini beef wellington steak burger sliders mac and cheese melts shrimp wrapped in bacon that's just a few of the delicious ones to name Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home satisfaction guaranteed or your money back Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. I love getting to the part where we get to discuss sleepers because this is, and we talked about guys that aren't being talked about enough. This is still, those are still names that are, in the mix to be somewhat highly drafted, but sleepers are so fun for me because you could really just pull some random names and people are not going to know who they are down the road. They'll end up being key contributors on good defenses. So Ryan, I, I got to hear who is your guy and, and why are you picking them as your sleeper? Well, I think, I think the funny thing about the one that I picked and that is Tariq Thompson, who is the safety out of San Diego state is they actually have two guys who, 
Uh, Dwayne Johnson Jr. is another guy, uh, both at safeties that I think are a little under the radar, to be honest. But I, I chose Tariq because I think that he has more traits than Johnson does. I think that he has some short area quickness. He has versatility to him. He could, He's played in a variety of roles for San Diego State. I even think that teams might value him more at nickel than safety, potentially, because I think he has that short area quickness, and he has shown the ability of man-to-man coverage. I don't think he's – I think he's a willing participant in the run game. I just don't think that he's incredibly physical. You know, I, I think that he lacks some lower body pop, but I do think that he is a solid wrap-up tackler who has versatility, and so Tariq Thompson, for me, is, is a guy from San Diego State that I think is going to be somewhere on day three, and I think that he is definitely going to outplay his, his end result and his end value as a draft prospect. No, that's I, I, the point you made about his versatility. That's something that I find so intriguing when watching smaller school guys is these NFL prospects coming from smaller schools usually, especially on the defensive side of the football, have to be a versatile piece because generally they're the best athlete on the field so they have to be all over the place and that's true with my sleeper as well middle tennessee state's reed blankenship excuse me he's all over the football field i feel like watching his film he's right next to the football or he's the one making the tackle nine out of ten times and and that's just the the deployment that he gets from that middle tennessee state defense and it also is a testament to his instincts um I, you know i think he he's played so like i said played so many roles for for that defense I just think he is, a again, a smart football player. I don't think he has the physical traits of James Wiggins, which is going to push him down draft boards uh, relative to, to Wiggins. But the instincts, the the ability to click and close, I, I his change of direction skills, his tackling, the, really the only questions in his game are his long speed, which deployment can mitigate that concern. If you put him in shallow zones, you know, you don't have to have the best long speed in, in the world. And I think that, that there's a – there's plenty of safeties in the NFL that are very, very successful that don't have great long speed. Um, and then there's the injury history, much like James Wiggins. He's had some injuries dur- throughout his time at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I think he had some in 2019. Um, with, there's a surgery involved. So you got you got to check out the medicals. Uh, but Reed Blankenship, I think he's just a versatile piece that uh, you, you love his competitive toughness. Like I said, he's all over the field, and that's because he wants to be in on the on the play. He wants to make the tackle. He wants to make the play on the football. I like his ball skills as well. Uh, sometimes his his greed for getting to the football can, can be a disservice uh, to his play as he can put himself out of position just being a little too aggressive uh, trying to get to the football. But overall, I think this is someone that's going to come in, and he's going to be a versatile uh, piece, you know, a depth piece for that defensive back. One quick note on Blankenship. I've actually heard that some NFL teams actually may value him at cornerback, just to put that really? out there, because he has he has the length and he has that really quick twitch to him, so a lot of cover three-based teams I may, was gonna say, may, yeah. may really like him from what I'm hearing. And he's, um, he's tall. Even, That's interesting. Yeah, he's like 6'1 yeah. or so. And they, but, so I, I'm told that some teams like him outside a corner, and they also like him inside at nickel. So um, I, mm. I think that he has that versatility like Alex was talking about a little bit. Just a little weird. I heard that, and I was like, huh, really? Outside corner? And apparently some teams will value him there just because of the length and short area quickness that he brings to the game. That's a, that, yeah, that's that, a fun transition yeah, that's right awesome. there. Yeah, say the least. <laughs> Jason Seahorn. Jason Seahorn light. Um. So, you know, that's a fun name to bring up, though. And I was saying to Alex before the show that it feels like I've heard Reed Blankenship's name for like three years now, and we finally get to see him be a part of this draft class and go to the NFL. And he's honestly somebody that I'm going to watch, probably won't get drafted as highly as some of these other guys that are 
more prominent names and played in bigger games in, in 2020. But nonetheless, I, I just feel like he'll be one of those guys that sticks around for a while on an NFL team and does his job at a very quality level for a, a good defense because he's that, that type of a player. Now getting to the part that I also enjoy, I love tearing apart guys that are just way too highly valued by the consensus. And, and what we mean by the, con- the consensus are you know members of the media, people on Twitter that they feel should be in the top of the conversation. And I agree with both of these very highly. I don't have any disagreements with either of these. Ryan, why are you not as high on Paris Ford? And I know the reason why, but please share with our listeners. Paris Ford is so much fun to watch because that guy plays with no regard for his body at all. He's going to throw it around. He, Dude, he, he hits. I will give it to him 100%. I think special teams-wise, teams are going to love him. I absolutely do. But I see, I have seen a lot of places. I'm seeing top 30 player. I'm seeing safety one in some respects for some people, first-round grades. I don't get it. I, I just don't. Because at the end of the day, what does he do best? We have to ask what a guy does, how they win, and how it translates. What he does best, he is a run filler. He works inside out. He's an alley runner. Well, he's not like – He's not a very big guy, and I know some people are going to say, well, well, yeah, neither is Buda Baker, and neither is these guys. Buda Baker's put together. He's a short guy, but he's not a small guy. You know what I mean? Like, he is put together. Antoine Winfield Jr., like, they're put together. They're smaller guys, but they're, they're shorter and they're stocky. For a guy like a Paris Ford, this guy's like 5'11", 180-something pounds, and he is long, but he is not, like, filled out. He's a smaller, thin-framed guy. So... Is how translatable is him being that guy that's going to be a big time run fill player? Which is fine. You don't have to be. But then, Mike, the biggest question mark for me is okay, so he doesn't fit the role that he currently fills. Let's see what he can do. Well, where does he make an impact in the passing game? Where does it happen? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't see him making plays on the ball. They play him in single high sometimes. I don't, I, I think his range is okay, but I don't think his instincts are great. So he's just not making a ton of plays. Short zones, like it's okay. Man to man, I might actually like him better in, the, in zone, but then, okay, so is he a nickel? Is that what he is? Is he just a nickel? Is he even a safety? I, I, I really just don't understand. I think that what he does well isn't super translatable because of the traits that he has. And then the where you want him to be, where you want it to be translatable for his body type and his play style, he doesn't do. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, this is a day three safety. Like, this is a guy that you gamble on traits a little bit. But some people are talking about him being a top 30 player, potentially. I, I just don't see it. I don't get it. I would not draft him near the top two rounds of the draft. Third round, I start thinking about it because he has traits. But for me, this is a day three football player. It, Ford's one of the few guys that I can actually provide some insight on because I, I did watch a good chunk of games on him. And the one thing that bugged the crap out of me and the whole time was that he loafs. I, and as a former football player, and I, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, there are a lot of times where I just I feel like he's he's going half speed and then he just decides to pick it up. And I hate that. If you're that athletic and are, are capable of moving at a, a top speed, why are you not doing it all the time? His stance for me was bugging the crap out of me. It, it, for anybody who's played football at a high level, um, you know, at, at, high, at high school, past high school, just seeing that stuff should bug you, and it just annoys the crap out of me that you're talented and you're just giving me um, terrible body posture. It's just not – I don't know. It, it bugs the hell out of me. It, as, as somebody who's been on a practice field watching guys get screamed at for doing similar things, 
you can't be doing that. You're expected to play at the NFL, and stuff like that's not going to cut it when you get to the NFL. You're going to continue to get screamed at. And I just know that there's definitely some coaches and talent evaluators out there that are writing that stuff down because that stuff is important. Because if you act like that in the middle of a game, how are you going to act in other situations that are in the locker room or in the film room? Are you just going to, you know, if you get corrected in in film, are you just going to brush it off and say, oh, whatever, coach, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll fix it. And just stop giving me a hard time. I just, that stuff, one of the few guys that I noticed something like that and it bugged the crap out of me. Yeah, I think I think those types of things translate to off the field as well. And I just talked about how like he's not that well put together. He doesn't have a ton of weight on his frame. If he's not going 100 miles an hour on the field all the time, is he going 100 miles per hour in the weight room all yep. the time? In the classroom all the time? Like those things do translate. I don't know Paris personally. I haven't talked to anybody behind the scenes, so I don't that, that's not a claim that I'm making here. I'm not saying that that is the case for Paris Ford. I'm just saying sometimes when you see those things, that translates to all areas. And for a scout and for an evaluator, for a front office exec, those guys are watching those things. If you talk to any of the former scouts or scouts that are currently around the NFL, like they are watching the bench press of the combine, and they're not just looking at what the final total is. They're watching technique with it. They're watching how a guy, his, his body composition, like it's the it's so much that goes into this evaluation process that sometimes those things where you watch on the field and you're like, that's worrisome, that does translate to off the field, and that is very worrisome, especially for a guy that's about to go through that because everybody has been like that freshman, right? Like I remember being a freshman, and Joe, I'm sure you had that same thing. Yeah. Like you were a big dog on campus in high school, then you go to freshman, and then it started back over. You're a freshman in high school again. At that transition is about to happen again. He's about to go from the big dog to the little guy, and work ethic has to be a big part of how he's able to succeed early on. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, I, you know, I'll wrap us up with my overhyped. And you talk about Paris Ford. You talk about, you know, his ability to to work in the run game, but what what's his impact in the pass game? Honestly, my guy's the complete opposite. Uh, you have Caden Stearns from Texas, who I love him in the past game. You flip on Caden Stearns highlight tape. You go to YouTube.com and do this. If you haven't watched any Caden Stearns tape to this point, go to YouTube and type in Caden Stearns highlights. You you could I could see a world where you walk away thinking this could be one of the top safeties in this class because highlights are great, but the lowlights are terrible. Mm, yeah. I mean, this guy has is a liability in the run game. I mean, I love, like I said, I love his flashes in the past game. I think he plays better in zone than man, but which is better for the safeties anyways. But I think he has good range, good ball skills, the ability to turn the ball over, which like you said, with Andre Cisco is that's what makes him so valuable, but you can't be this low in the run game. I, he can't get off blocks. If there's anyone impacting his, his line to the, to the ball carrier, he's not making a play. He doesn't tackle well. He doesn't play with much physicality in general. He kind of just, you talk about Paris Ford loafing on the field. Caden Stearns kind of loafs in the run game. He waits for someone else to, to, to clean it all up because he doesn't want to touch the, he just wants to touch the football. He just wants to play wide receiver. And so Caden Stearns, top recruit, someone that had so much, you know, so much, his name was circulating coming out of high school. Texas fans were really, really excited for him. And you ask any Texas fan, I've talked to a couple different Texas fans, and they are very, very disappointed with what they got from Caden Stearns in his in his career there, in his tenure there. 
he has all this hype. He has all this talent. He's a super, super talented guy from a physical standpoint, all the ball skills, all the impact in the pass game in the world, but you can't put him on the field because he is that bad in the run game. And I mean, unless you have run defenders everywhere else and you just want to say, uh, we can afford to, to have this, this guy that's not going to touch a, touch a ball carrier to save his life on the back end. That's fine. But don't expect him to to do anything in the run game. And yes, the NFL is going away from the run game. It's becoming a more pass happy league, and and that's where his impact is best. But you just can't be that bad in one aspect of the game. I just don't see you translating and being very good. You're he's going to be one of those players that on PFF scale. Let's talk about PFF a little bit. He's going to get a lot of plus twos, and this is how they grade each play on a plus two to minus two scale. He's going to get a lot of plus twos because he's going to make these absurd, you know, plays on the football in the pass game. He's going to get a lot of negative twos as well, and I think he's just going to be a very middling player because of it. Like I said, all the physical traits in the world, but he is he hasn't put it together in his in his time at Texas. I just don't see it really. If you flash back to 2018, too, you, if you would have told me that Caden Stearns was going to be the first safety off the board in two years and be maybe a top 15 player, I would have said, I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, just go, you can watch his 2020 highlights, like, his, like his, his, recent, his most recent highlight tape, and you will walk away saying, this guy might be underrated, but you watch play in and play out, and you realize there is way too many deficiencies in his game uh, for him to be an impact player at the next level. Absolutely. Yep. He's definitely a guy that did not develop the way that people thought he would. Yeah. And he's somebody who is going to always benefit from the fact that he was a a big name recruit, a five-star recruit. And that's why his name has been in circulation this whole time. And I, maybe you could argue that once people actually go and do the deep dive and not go off of the name, that's when things start to be a little bit more realistic and he might slide a little bit uh, and moves into a spot where he belongs rather than where he's being projected just because he is a, a notable, recognizable uh, name for being a top recruit. That's all we have for today's show. If you're looking for more analysis, more rankings, anything from either Alex or Ryan, make sure you go to si.com slash NFL slash draft uh, to find all of NFL Draft Bible's content. If you happen to miss the announcement, we are NFL Draft Bible, which we're all a part of, is now the lead source for Sports Illustrated's NFL Draft content. So if you're looking past this show and looking for more stuff, make sure you head to that site and you can find podcasts, uh, live streams, articles. You can also get access to our rankings, all of that amazing stuff at NFL Draft Bible, si.com slash NFL slash draft. That's all we have for you folks. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Five-star review would be appreciated. Follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod, at Joe DeLeon, at Alex Gilstrap, um, and at Rise in Draft for Ryan. Uh, additionally, head to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other shows. Um We'll talk to you next week, folks, and stay tuned for a fantastic interview with Pat Fryermuth, the Penn State tight end, this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.